What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Uh, we got a lot on this week's show to touch on the Baylor game, TCU game, look ahead to uh, basketball season, as well as baseball by answering some of the questions from Red Raider Sports. So, here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, welcome back to the Patrick Mahomes Ring of Honor ceremony of Texas Tech podcast. I've been thinking about that one. Does that make Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. What? <laughs> <laughs> Shitting? <laughs> I you know it's like the one. It's it's the uh, it's amongst all the crap surrounding it. It's it's all right. <laughs> That's, oh, okay. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> or, or it could also, you could also take it as like it's fitting. Like that's all I could think of the whole time. I was in the in the stadium on Saturday night. It was like, you know what? This is how you honor Pat Mahomes, I guess. Just play like absolute crap in a big spot. Like here you go. <laughs> but so I do have here. Here I I told you I was going to do this. Our Baylor, you, me and you both wrote stuff on Baylor. We don't really feel like talking about it. Here's our general thought. I hurt myself today. All right, there it is. That's that's the Baylor. That's that's our recap of the Baylor game. Uh, you were totally outplayed, outcoached in every facet, and uh, that just happens sometimes. So, moving on. Uh, we did. I, we did get some questions. I, I think that's the best way to talk about. Yeah. Baylor. We asked for some questions. We got okay. some. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, so I'll pick off the Baylor ones first. This is from uh, T. Stockton. What is the ultimate cause of the performance Saturday night? I'd attribute seventy-five percent of the blame to offensive line, but I feel like there was a team-wide drop, particularly in the second half. You know what's weird is at the stadium, and even on my rewatch, like the offensive line was bad. But it wasn't – I think 75% is high. Like, honestly, and Will Will just showed up. So, Will, Will, I don't know if he can hear me, but we're recording. So, don't, like last time, just start shouting the F word like you usually do. But um, we – I think if I were to give the majority of the blame, I mean, it would be – as harsh as it is, it would be Morton. Like Morton played terrible. Like, and, and it's excusable. He's a freshman. It's his third start. Start. Uh, start. It's a big spot. But like, you, your quarterback can't play that bad. And you beat Baylor. 
Yeah, no, I, and, and hello, everyone. How's everybody? <laughs> I've been better, actually. Yeah, you're doing all right. It, Hunter started betting the NBA, and it's just driving him insane. It's very frustrating. Betting October NBA games is – is that kind of makes me worry about you, buddy. Yeah, I was telling him, like, so I, I bet, like, some injury news stuff sometimes, and it never works. Like, it, it works in theory. Like, I'll, I will make a bet. An injury happens or it's news becomes public. I'll make a bet. The line will move with me. I have a great bet and it loses like almost 80% of the time. And then today I make a bet on X. I accidentally, I was like thinking about the guy that was hurt. And so I accidentally bet on his team. And so it was the opposite of what I actually wanted. And they're going to win by like 35 points. So I won one on accident. That's how you just go in and just start close your eyes and start clicking. And that's, yeah. that seems like it might be the best. Well, Close, close your eyes and start clicking. That sounds like what Baron Morton was doing. On <laughs> there we go. There's a good get us back on track. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, I'll tell you, I agree with you. I, I think pretty much, uh, it, I think he summed it up. I think really he's the number one reason, and not just him, but your other two quarterbacks as well. You <laughs> cannot throw five picks in a football game and win. Like it's you're going to win one out of a hundred literally of the, of those football games. So I think yeah. it comes down to that. And then it also didn't help that I thought your defense had their probably second worst, worst or second worst performance. I think K-State was probably worse, in yeah. my opinion. It was that, a little different. You played well, you played well for most of the first half. And if your offense could have scored, you could have gotten Baylor a little uncomfortable, got them doing stuff they didn't want to do. And I think your defense would have responded well to that. But the fact that, Baylor could just keep running the ball down your throat. <laughs> it's just, you know. And and what was what was great was it seemed like defensively the initial game plan was, was spot on because they only, they only scored three through, what, a quarter and a half? Yeah. They only scored three points. Um, you limited them pretty good. But then Jeff Grimes made some adjustments, and they went from just running outside zone, which we were pretty much stifling, to where they were running this, uh, like, like this outside sweep pitch play, which they said was like a pin and pull variant. Yeah, it was but like pulling. They're like pulling the uncovered guy. It was interesting. It it's it's got to be something to do with which you know I I have it's hard to see the angles, but it, has to do, it would have to to me it would have to do something with the leverage on that play is counter to the leverage on outside zone, which is probably why you go to that play. And then when they went to that play, it's like it just threw us for a loop. We never adjusted to it. Yeah, I kept expecting, and we've even run it a few times, like the fake toss downfield shot. I was like, that's going to score. And they just they, – they never had to go to that, which is unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, my levels of blame are Morton, Kitley, and then everybody else because you Kitley cannot let Donovan throw that pass. That is un- – I still can't believe you let him do it. And then – and he's admitted since, run the ball. Run the ball. <laughs> Get your playmakers the ball, which are your running backs. I still don't know how many people realize that we, if you take the sack yardage out, we ran for 200, and we also uh, both your running backs ran for over six yards of carry. Yeah, six over six yards of carry. So, which means keep running the ball. <laughs> yes, Hunter, where where do you place the blame? I unmute myself. I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> I thought you were just really, really thinking about it. It kind of – it really feels like everywhere. Um, 
I, I agree with something that that you said was uh, maybe in your post that you know when we got some stops early, we just didn't do anything with them, and it allowed Baylor to kind of just settle in and do what they wanted to do the whole whole time, which was like possess the ball and figure out a, a push buttons until they figured out a run play that would work, which they did. Which and it was like alarming how how easily they were getting yards on just like one play yeah. that shotgun yeah. toss. But um, yeah, I mean it was a classic kind of freshman quarterback day combined with this narrative that's like been there the whole season that that our receivers don't make plays I they really didn't in fact like they did the opposite of make plays which was yeah. like have Baylor guys catch balls 50 50 balls in huge spots Drop and, uh, and then you've got an offensive line that's yeah just like disadvantaged which has that's been like the case every game yeah so um I just you know it, it was it was a beat down though and uh, yeah, just gotta kind of move on from it. Yes. Yeah. Did we have any more questions? Yeah. So, Will, what I, instead of talking about the Baylor game, just like talking about it in general, I'm just gonna pick off the uh, the questions that we got that were specific to the Baylor game from my post. So this one is from Chase Allen, and is uh, when will it be okay for us as football fans to have consistent expectations? <sighs> I wish I knew I, the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, to me, until you have an established program that really finds its stride, you're kind of out in the wilderness, you know, a little bit until you really feel like, to me, I, I, I guess the easiest way to think about it is just like, when do you feel like with the basketball program, you're like, we've got an identity. This is how we win. We consistently win this way. And no matter who we're playing, that's how we're going to play. That's it's, probably it's year level, two. Like year, year two. two. Yeah. Year two, two and a half ish is really yeah. kind of where you got there. That third year was the was the big year, yeah. you know, big year. So to me, it's 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 really that. And football, to me, once you get to year three, if you have the right guy in charge, yeah, I'm not saying you're gonna win. You're not gonna win every week. That's the nature of college football. Is there's at the end of the year, there's gonna be maybe one undefeated team. We call it maybe one undefeated team. It's really hard to go undefeated in college football, um, but. It, to me, it's if you get to year three and you get a consistent level of performance every week where you like, okay, I know what I'm going to get. Maybe the ball bounces bounces the wrong way. and We just don't make enough plays one week, but I know what I'm going to get out of my program. And it's like, here's like the stamp of like trademark of Joey McGuire football. I'm going to see that every week, just like for 10 years under Mike Leach. I think what people don't really remember is 2000 and 2001 were really up and down, like yeah. really, really up and down. And your schedules were so much easier. That, well, that 01 when you played Ohio State, that was that 01 when we played Ohio State? 2001? I think it was like 2002. Was it 2002? Somewhere in Maybe there. it was that year. Maybe not. Maybe 01. Anyway, regardless, your, your schedules were mostly a little bit easier in there. And so you went, you made bowl games and things like that. But really, just the whole point of it is, is even with Leach, you really didn't hit that stride. And some people think it was 2002. It really wasn't 2002. 2003, four is really whenever you hit the stride with that program, when yeah. that program became what it was, like the air raid program. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until then that you became that. Um, and here, I, I, I think it's, it's similar. Like even, even with like with Baylor, like you think with like Matt Rule, they weren't what they were until – year three and then with Aranda I guess it was year two with Aranda but that's already kind of an established program at that point mm -hmm. but all that to say whenever you get to the point of this is my program I should have consistent expectations every week 
should be whenever you know you're going to get the same consistent product every week. Yeah, I think we will know if McGuire is the right guy next season, just like we did with Wells. We knew he wasn't. And I think that you can have expectations if McGuire is the right guy in 2024 would be what I would say. I think that's fair. I, I think I think next year, regardless of how the <clears> roster <throat> looks like, you'll see the progress on, on Saturdays, and you're going to win more of games where you play your style of football than you're not. And if you don't, McGuire's not the guy in my opinion. Yep. But I, I think that he is, but – that's just the way way it falls for me. This next one, and uh, not not that specific to Baylor. I don't think the rest of them are. But Zyler Buchanan, are we better or worse than our record right now? And these comments, lots of interesting angles to attack this from. <clears throat> I honestly, you're kind. This is going to be kind of a cop out. You're kind of probably spot on. If not, you're probably a little worse than what your record is being completely honest. Um, I think with where your offensive line sits right now and you just don't have any skill makers at the receiver position, you've been incredibly inconsistent and really, for the most part, outside of maybe two games, you've been – maybe three games, you've been honestly kind of straight up bad at the quarterback position. Um, so I, as much as I'd say it, you're probably worse than you what your record is right now, which I think which is, is a testament to what's is good. done. That's a yes, good, that's good sign for this staff because I agree with you. I think we are worse than our record, and we've even been in games that we might have should have won and didn't. So I, I, I think that I that agree. is kind of the progress you want to see from a staff like this. Agreed. I'd say we. I, I think I'd say we all kind of are exactly. We're a four and four team. Yeah. You know, we've won a game that's a like a seven point dog lost as a small favorite. And then you know won the other games we were favored in, but um, right. I, I think though the answer to that is going to come here in a couple of weeks because it'll we'll have two fairly close games against Iowa State and Oklahoma uh, that'll decide that. Because if you go zero and two there, then you're probably better than your record. Yeah. If you win both of those, then you're probably. I mean, I'm sorry, right? If you go zero and two there, you're probably worse. Yeah, better than a, your record because we'll yeah. have a four and something right in the season. Um, okay, then there you, is. Never mind. Go ahead. Well, irrelevant point we can talk about later. <laughs> uh, Zyler again, and I don't know. I think he's just – I think he may be talking specific to Baylor games, so we may have answered this. But if you had to assign a percentage of blame to the offensive units, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line, offensive coordinator, how would you distribute it? And we'll, we'll answer it, like, just on the on the season as a whole. Because we, we have right now, like, a our offense is probably, like, 70th in the country. So yeah. think of it as that. What is to blame for that? Okay, let me ask you all your opinion on this. Can you blame the offensive line and receivers for just not being good? So, but what, That's my not their fault. Yeah, and I'm going to answer that with a question because my first thought when reading that is it's like I, I think it would be fair to be like 85% offensive line because they're just mismatched every game. Yeah, but but right. how much do you blame the other phases, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive coordinator, for not – because it is possible for them to do something – to help and, and not make that just a total collapse of your offense. So like, do they get a lot of blame for like not being the one that like makes a difference and, and helps out the fact that we have a mismatched offensive line or do you just put it all on the offensive line? Cause I like think, the oh. offensive coordinator can do something. The quarterback can do something. For this question. I think you just have to answer it. I don't, I don't think you can take into account that like they're just bad or they're, 
I think that kind of ruins the question. Like, I think if you're asking why is the offense bad, I think that if you answer it like that, you can place blame on these units, even though it would be foolish to expect more. And so, yeah, I think you could say probably 70 to 85% of your offensive problems are your offensive line. Now, did we all know that going into the year? Yeah. But it's, yes. I, that is still why your offense is struggling. And then you, you know, and then I think you just divide the rest. What if I went well, 70% offensive line and yeah. then I'd probably go, what, 20% quarterback. And then that's what I would do. I, I, I might even say in simply purely as a point of you, you've thrown what 16 interceptions, I think so far. Is the number you are very ne- yeah you're very negative. Um, yeah. Anyway, regardless, you you you've thrown an ungodly amount of interceptions this year. Yeah. Um, and everyone in quarterbacks is done. You're like negative nine in the turnover in turnover margin, that probably. Yeah. I'll let hundred. I mean, it, either way, but so your quarterback position has really hurt you as far as that goes. Um, so the way that I would probably break it down, I would say offensive line sixty percent. The reason it's that is maybe your quarterbacks don't throw as many picks because they're not trying to throw as many things in desperation or under pressure, whatever you say. Um, You'd be able to run the ball more consistently. And as a result of your offensive line pass protecting better, you probably would be able to get your ball to your receivers more, even though they aren't dynamic receivers, you give them more time, naturally they're going to get more open. So I'd probably say O-line 60%, your quarterbacks probably 30%, and then your receivers 10%. I just think that, at the end of the day, would it really help having a dynamic receiver? Yes, but that still doesn't perm- that doesn't consistently fix the problems with your offensive line. Sure, you can find the guy and he can make a play for you, but I would much rather have the consistent offensive line and the jet and span kind of just a bunch of dudes at receiver than have elite receivers on a terrible offensive line. Yes, I agree. Which is kind of uh, what Baylor has. <laughs> yeah. Next one is from A Train 2.0. What would you all do with the overall game plan against TCU? And I'll I'll say I'll just say I would my game plan would be to play in a way that like if it doesn't work, it, we could get blown out. And and just like what I mean by that is like tempo, uh, fourth downs aggressively, um, not necessarily trick plays, but like doing some high risk things that could lead to you know high reward. Uh, yeah. But also could, if they don't work, you know, things could spiral out of control. So that would just kind of be like my mindset as I was like putting the game plan together would be like, we're going to let it all hang. Like on the basketball way. version of just like shoot 53s. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And what's funny that you say that is I kind of expect that to be the game plan, right? Yeah. You like that's, I mean, McGuire went for it on fourth and, Eight, seven at the eight, <laughs> you know, like with the game on the line, basically. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of expect that to be the game plan. And that decision kept us in that Baylor game much longer it than did. it could have been. Yes. Yep. It was a positive decision. Yeah, yep. it was a positive decision. And Taylor and I were standing there next to each other, and we both were like, do not go for it, kick this football. I was like, absolutely yeah. not. Do not go for this. This is the dumbest, like, place to go for it. Um, but I was wrong. Yep. Um, Baron made a play. Yep. Um, but – yeah, I, I think for me, the game plan is this is um, it, it's all about our, is there any way you can slow down PCU's offense? I think you can. 
Um, I think because I think if Quentin Johnston isn't making a bunch of big plays, I don't think they're super dynamic at, at their skill positions other than that. I think they got some good tailbacks. But for the most part, uh, other than really last week in K-State, you've bottled up most people's run games. And they run a much more kind of traditional spread offense. They don't run any of these like Baylor does where it's really kind of, you know, outside zone base. They don't run I mean, this K-State system. It's a, it's a much, they- something you see all the time. Baylor, and I, I don't watch a bunch of Baylor, and I know you do, Will. So you, that's why yes, I want to answer this. They were like, it almost looked like Andy Reid trick play level of motion. Like they were sending th- two to three guys in motion across the formation every single play. Like, is that they do normal? It. Yes, they do it all the time. And it, but they run, but after the snap, they run the most vanilla, boring offense you will ever watch. But they're so good up front, it doesn't yeah. matter. It was wild. I I almost I felt bad for like Rabbit and Muddy and Pearson and the corners because like they were chasing guys back and forth across the road uh, the formation all night. And I think they're just they're just trying to screw with you and your leverage oh, every yeah. single yeah. play. Is, is all it, it comes down to. Yeah, I mean it's smart, but it's it's wild because they never do anything with it other than block. Like they never throw really out of it. But yeah, I mean I agree with y'all. I am. This is this is a like empty the chamber game. It's. I mean, like, what do you have to lose? Like, you're you're trying to ruin their season. So, just whatever you have, try it. And you know what? If you've watched, and I know we've watched a bunch, but watch TCU every week. They play up and down to pretty much everybody they play. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Part of the reason. Part of the reason why uh, TCU's been in every game because they're not that. Good. I mean, I I, I understand they're, true. they're they're one of the best they're one of the best teams in the Big Twelve, maybe the best team. I don't I don't know, um, but there's a reason why they were kind of like why they're so mad right now about the college playoff committee things like being left out because they're just not. I mean, any of those other teams that are contenders, they would be like 24 point favorites in Morgantown, and yeah. they would like play like a 24 point favorite in Morgantown. They wouldn't get jacked around and have West Virginia going up and down the field on them and, and, you know, have me in chances to lose that game. So, and, and, and Neil, Neil kind of blew that game. I mean, he, he kind of pilled around. They had plenty of chances to win that game or at least, they, to, or at least try to tie that he, game. Yeah. He did not empty the chamber. He played not to lose and yeah. they lost. I do. Uh, they remind me of like Baylor, like when Baylor's got on the, they'd win like, like what I think it was Aranda's year. They won like every one score game, and it was just like infuriating. It's like I know oh, that rule not, year, yeah, that rule year in twenty nineteen. Yeah, like, yeah, they, they won every not this good, but they just that's what TCU kind of reminds me of is they like Duggan has played to a level that I did not think Duggan had. They have a NFL receiver, and they fly around on like. They they're athletic on defense. I don't know if they're good on defense. And they're susceptible. They're they're not, I don't think they're they're not as good as Baylor. Steve no, 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 no. I don't. I don't as, think there's. I don't think they're as good as Oklahoma State either. No, not as good as Kansas State's uh, either. And they're. I would take Texas defense over them, and I would take NC State's defense over them. So we're yeah. we're probably playing the the worst defense that we've faced in the last two months. Worse than West Virginia. Oh, I forgot about them. No, no, no. No. no, no, no. I was going to say, I am, I am suddenly excited. Okay, besides that one. Besides that one. Yeah, yeah no, Which, I agree. Uh, I agree. They um, just it, – it's like you said, they just – it's because they're old, and because they're old, they don't panic, and they just figure out ways to just kind of out – just out, like, just – they, they kind of do the same where they're just like, relax, we'll be all right. 
just kind of the whole. whole Make game. it breaks. Like they got that that uh, JT Daniels. That that kind of like what swung that game, where everyone but one one guy thought it was an incomplete pass, and that guy picked it up and they score on the next play, like stuff like that. Yeah, they got and then against Oklahoma State too in that second half. Oklahoma State just I, I, oh, I yes. have no idea what, what they were doing on offense. That's well, OSU, was, just, OSU just put it in park on yeah. offense in that second half of that game. That's what I was gonna ask Hunter actually. I didn't know if there was a way to like quantify this or if the betting market looks at this, but like being down as big as they were to two different teams, like good teams don't do that, right? No. That's no, I don't think good. so. Yeah, okay. No. Um, okay, yeah, late submission here from Bill Casey 25, which is a name that I haven't seen much on the side. I just looked at a member since 2011. He's got 200 posts in 12 years. So he's kind of a lurker, Bill Casey. Although he does have a, his profile photo is, uh, oh, God, it's this famous actor. I might have to look, loading a pistol. I wonder what that's. Uh, he's He died. Oh, man. Anyways. Um, that, could, that, could, that really narrows it down. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, damn. All right. Uh, what has to go right to get? I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't know that. What has to go right to get a win in Fort Worth this weekend? We cannot lose the turnover battle again. I mean, I, and no. again, that's as that's as simple as saying score more points. But good lord, this this team, man, like they treat the ball like it is just not a valuable possession. <laughs> like they will give it to you so fast, and so I, if you can. I'm not even telling you to get turnovers. Just don't give them the ball. That's all I'm saying. Don't give them an extra possession, especially that offense. Is yeah. really what it comes down to for me. So, I mean, I, I think you have to be aggressive and you've got it. And I, I expect nothing less than the gamblers mentality that you've, you've had, but you're going to have to hit on some of those in big ways to win this game. It's, it feels similarly to that, that Texas game. Burt Reynolds. Ah, uh, there you go. Hey, right. Very nice. Okay. I was going to guess Tom Selleck, so I was. Close. Oh, <laughs> that actually is close. But he's not dead. He's not dead. So no he is not dead. Excuse me. Um, but I think I think it's similar to the the UT game in Lubbock. You need to play that game on the road. Just kind of replicate the same ideas and game plan. Although if Behringer started quarterback, the game plan is going to be pretty different. But you guys understand what I'm saying as far as the aggressiveness, hitting on some big plays in the right moments and getting some timely turnovers. And then, you, which you didn't in that game, you cannot turn the ball over in this game. Same same idea. Yes, you can. And you can't. What the time of possession at halftime was Baylor 20, Tech 5 or whatever it was. Like, I think it was to 7. It was like it was something to set, whatever, yeah, you, 7 to – your defense is good, but it, it can't do that. Or they're they're okay, and they look bad when you're playing like that. That's kind of the deal in the second half is you were you were out of stops. You're gassed. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean you and and if okay, I I guess the, the time of possession can be that way, but like you better you better be scoring <laughs> points on those drives and in a hurry. That that'll be the difference. This is from Matador96. Do we make a bowl this year? And then do we win in Ames? And I think a yes to that second one might be a yes to the first one. But I, I think right, right now I've got a guy that, like, does these updated projection win totals, and Tech is, like, at 5.9. I mean, so it's a 50-50 coin flip. Unfortunately, we're not likely to win this Saturday. And if we were to lose, you know, it's going to be less likely than not that we make a bowl game just yeah. after this week. 
Um, of course, that would change if we won the next week. But um, I mean, I think it's 50, I think it's like 50 50 chance. Yes. And then as far as winning the names, I think it's about a 50 50 chance. Oh. See, that's that's what I was thinking is like after TCU, I think every game is a coin flip, <laughs> you know, and so like that makes sense that <laughs> the getting two more would be a coin flip. That that game, you will never convince me that we have any chance of winning in Ames again until we just do it. <laughs> I would, yeah, and it's going to take a slop uh, type game because that, their offense is not good. So we, oh, their offense, their offense is bad. Yeah, we, we could in theory, you know, hold them to like seventeen points. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing is like or less. I feel much better about going to Ames than I did Manhattan, and we we played our like we. We played okay. Quarterback play kind of got us down, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel. I, I think you can beat. I'm never gonna see. Like I feel more pessimistic about OU just because those games haven't even been competitive. So like I'll take. Like I I like our chances against Iowa State and Kansas. And if you get to six, everything else is gravy to me. That's all I wanted. I wanted six. We get to six. I'm good. I'm not. I'm not getting greedy. That and then too, the, I have no idea that, that OU game. I, I don't know how to read it because they've played so wildly inconsistent every week. This sort of like they just play so up and down every week. OU does. Like I, I just know I have no idea what I'm gonna get week to week from them. Yeah, no, and that's yeah, and it's what I mean. The crowd is probably gonna be terrible because it's Saturday after it, Thanksgiving. Like it's you. You could be to me. You could be. You could win the next three, and you could, you know, magically be what seven and four at that point. And that game, you're going to have like sixty percent or fifty percent full. Yes. Just the, it's just the nature of that weekend. Yep. There's that yeah. shoot that 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 freaking oh eight oh eight. Whenever they played Baylor on Thanksgiving weekend, it was like seventy percent full. I yep. think. Yeah. yeah. It's just a bad. It. It. May, I know people hated having the Baylor game at a neutral site, but I think it was beneficial for both camp like both of those are campuses where people aren't there that weekend. So it made sense. Yeah. It'll be interesting. This one from born Raider. Um, and he asked, what does FIP mean? And he's talking about FIP, F H I P the acronym. And he comments, somehow I always correlate it to P I I H B, but I don't think the two are connected or are they? I mean, I think he's, I think he's joking because P I I H B of course means put it in her butt. Uh, but FIP, it's just the acronym for from here is potable. The podcast. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why people try to. They try to dirty up just the simple from here. It's I mean, like I don't know. I, I I do think one of the co-hosts of this podcast likes to push that narrative. I won't say who, but I <laughs> I, I just think that it's it was a simple from you know from here it's possible is the Texas Tech slogan or whatever saying, and so you just add a little pot in there, but. Yeah, and it's long to say, so why not? So I, yeah, you, know, yeah, you know, you know how people are. People like to they just minds in the gutters. <laughs> then next one from oh. Jay Jay Bladell. What is our record with the new schedule, assuming Baron is the quarterback and the other two transfer? And um, there is another question from Raider one four seven. That's what is the outlook for next season? I know everyone's down right now, but with Baron most likely the starter. And having some experience, another recruiting class, and a year of experience for Joey, we should see some success. No, maybe he's Canadian, but those are two are kind of the same. Um, talking about the outlook for next year, I mean, I'll say, I do we I haven't seen the schedule, but 
I mean, we play Oregon and Lubbock. So we're, we're going to be significant underdogs in that game. Yeah. And then you have like a sneak, like typically you have three gimme non-cons. And then like, you know, this year you didn't, the U of H, even your like second one was kind of tough. And this year won't be the same, but like playing at Wyoming early in the season is not, I mean, we're not going to be like massive favorites in that game. So the schedule is once again, tough. For next year so i don't it's, know what like yeah, so expectations yeah. kind of need some some context because like we could be way way better much better and have and still kind of like in the same spot See, we're now clawing to be bowl eligible i i'm really eager to see what our schedule actually is and how what just what draw we're going to get for the craziness that's going to be the conference next year because it's like if we get the like just a terrible draw where it's like oh great you get to go to provo and you get to go to austin and norman and then you also get to go to UCF or, you know what I mean? You, you basically, they just send you on this like murderer's row of road games next year. Uh, it, you know, it could be, a am I'm not kidding. It could be a thing where you're significantly better and you just go like six and six again, <laughs> like next year, you know, because yeah. of how hard the schedule could be, but you, you also could get lucky and it could be a thing where you don't have to, maybe they give you UT or OU again in Lubbock. Maybe you don't have to play BYU next year, which not that they've turned out great, but, you know, probably of the who's coming in, BYU and Cincinnati could probably be the two best teams next year. Uh, maybe you don't have to play Cincy. I, it, it's just – it's really just intrigues me how that's all going to shake out because I think with having the 14-team league next year, there are some wild variations that are going to happen as far as, like, ease, ease or, like, difficulty level one way or the other. I think you could – like, I think we – I think your record might be similar. You'll be somewhere between – you know, five and eight wins. I'll even push it to eight just because you may get like, I'm not going to count this coaching staff out as like getting some serious impact transfers. Um, but I do, I th- even if your record is similar, like I don't think you'll get blown out by Baylor 45-17. Like I don't think that's going to happen. I think you may lose to Baylor, but it'll be close and you, you're going to feel like you should have won it type deal. And so that's, that's I think you may I think it's gonna it's kind of like we mentioned earlier, you need to see progress in year two, and a lot of times progress does not mean like oh well they went from six wins to eight wins you know, you you know it when you see it. Yeah, for sure. And then as far as like your roster goes for next year, the things you already have to assume is one you're going to lose your best player. You're going to Tyler Wilson will not be on this roster next year, so that's a pretty pretty big pretty big deal. Yeah, so you're not going to have him next year. Um, but other than really him and, uh, you know, I don't know who of these senior DBs are going to make take their COVID year and come back. I know several of them can. If you get some of those guys back, you're going to be real salty in the secondary next – like really salty in the secondary next year. Um, but the biggest things where you're going to have to get better in a hurry is offensive line and receiver. It's, they're going to find a receiver. Like I am yeah, not you, worried about – I agree. They had, they're, they're those guys – like I think – I honestly think that might be the biggest failing of this staff now, like looking back is that they didn't find one because those guys are everywhere. Like I, I always forget his name, but he was such a big player for us last season. Um, Geiger, like he played a, he would be, <laughs> if, if you had him this year, how much different was your vertical game look? Oh yeah. It would be, it would be almost night and day. I would think just having somebody who could do that. Uh, but I do so. So you have that. You have 
because that's the thing too, is if you have a, a, a one or two speed guys, then what Bradley and Loic do, that becomes more important. You know, like, yeah, you can have like, you need a Cole Beasley to have a Dez, you know, like Dez to, you know, to when the Cowboys were good, wasn't out athletic. Like, I mean, he was jumping over people, but he wasn't running by people and like Loic and Bradley are going to run by people. So you need that balance in your receiving core and Wells just recruited the exact same receivers other than Miles Bryce. Um, you get four of them. Yeah. You get four, so, four guys with the same player. Yeah. So you, um, you just need some balance there, but. And then you, you get Cole Spencer next year back, which I think is going to make a really big difference. But then I think you also need to go out and try to find an impact transfer on the O-line. You won but you need an impact transfer to play either right tackle or I think maybe guard or center, something like that next year. I, Cause I don't know what you want to do with Denzel Woodward next year. Honestly, the find like the two, three best offensive linemen in the portal. But honestly, they kind of did that this year. They just threw numbers at it. They just missed do it again. Maybe you'll hit. And then that also, that, that didn't count for your young guys and how they develop, but I just, I think you're still a year or two away from those guys who really helping you out. Yeah. And, and I think a guy like Adidere, well, he already is, you know. Yeah, like him. Next question from Red Raider Fan 5, who's uh, my buddy Jason. He can hoop a little bit. He's, he's a uh, knockdown shooter. Oh, you wouldn't nice. think it, but he is. He asks, would you take six and six guaranteed right now or roll the dice? I'm taking it. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely taking it. And I don't feel bad about doing it. Like last week, I felt bad about taking one. And I felt bad about taking a split <laughs> um, with those two games. I didn't think we'd totally crap the bed against Baylor. Um, but yeah, now I'm taking all I wanted from this year was six wins. I'll take it in a heartbeat. Take it in a heartbeat. Go to a bowl game. Get like a month where you can really pour into these young guys for next year. Yeah. And then I, that is one thing, Briar. I do feel like there's probably the way he coaches. You probably very rarely aren't going to come out like firing away in a bowl game. Yeah. 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 Next question uh, from Colt Rogers. Uh, we need to win three out of the next four to finish with a winning Big 12 record, something we haven't done in the modern Big 12. Only one other team, Kansas, has yet to have a winning conference record during the same time. When are we finally going to get over this hump? It's possible this year. Yeah. It's it really possible. Is. Yeah. It could happen. It still could happen. It's not out of. You literally, even this weekend, I know that, you know, that they're the best team in your conference. It's not – I don't care what you might say. It's not an unwinnable game. You can win this game if you play you, it, your cards right. You match up better with them than you do Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, because you can kind of get in a track meet with this, with this team. And I think you could take your chances there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it still could happen this year. And, I, and then, like we've talked about, I think it could happen next year but it's going to be kind of on a razor's edge there. And then hopefully, especially in the new big 12, if, if you're not winning most of your conference games in the new big 12, you're failing. And what so percentage chance do you give us to win this Saturday? If you had to put a percentage. 35. I'm going to go 30. 35. Wow. Y'all are optimistic. 20, 26%. 27, 26% is kind of like what the, the line's giving us. But that, that just, when you said we, it, it's a winnable game, that's what maybe you want to look at. I mean, yeah, like 20, 27%'s happen. I'm just, yeah, those happen. Those happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next question. 
this is from run the draw tt where can you pay for parking close to the stadium um and it, like it's funny coming from him he's a he has a parking pass right behind the west side press box he just rolls up to the game steps out like nobody i mean he's the, the prince of parking I, I think he's talking about this saturday i have no idea prince of parking. <laughs> well yeah this saturday that that i mean the campus instead of stadium is just in the middle of like houses so there's just not unless you just park on someone's street, it's kind of a pain to park anywhere close yeah, to that stadium. I went to a few of those games and I can't remember at all where we parked. So I've no help. Sorry. This one from Mr. Root. Do you want Gonzaga to join the Big 12? I'm told no. my initial reaction was yes. But then I remembered only football matters in this stuff. And unless you're Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky. And so, I don't know. And does it do anything to add a basketball school? I mean, no. It's not going to change your – it's not going to up what your media members, everybody's making per. And, two, if you add them, uh, I think you would have to add them as basketball and non, like non-revenue sports only. And at that point – right now is every sport. Well, because they don't have a football team, correct? Correct. But, like, every other sport. Oh, every other sport. Okay. I mean, if they join the conference, though, they would have to get a significantly diluted percentage, like, like number. Like, it would have to be, like, in the teens or, like, oh, yeah. maybe even, like, 8 to 10 mil is what they would get. And, and that's they still throw, probably, like, 10 times what they're making, you yeah. know? Now. No, for sure, because, I mean, they basically – I mean, if I mean, I don't know how many games y'all have watched of theirs, like, in the regular season. They, they being honest, they basically play in a high school gym. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would be the worst gym in the conference for sure. Um, I'm cool yeah. with it. I mean, I think it'd be a fun basketball game. Okay, see uh, that you. I don't care. You, you piss me off, then, man, because you are always the one talking about how why are we adding these sucky teams? They don't add any value to the conference. Football. We don't need, that. We don't need that Arizona. Okay, but then what is a basketball school add then? Well, it's a cool well, number one. I don't like U of H. Okay, <laughs> I just don't like them. So well, you said the same thing about the Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado. No, like, no, no. I, I want Arizona. Yeah, but you said they don't add anything. I okay, I know. And what I'm saying, I don't think they do tremendously. Okay. I'm only saying that kind of stuff from this, like, kind of combating the narrative that it's just like this no-brainer on their side to come to the Big 12. Because, but I when I don't think they're adding that much, which means they're not going to make that that much more by coming. So it's like, right? Oh, does that make sense? Like, I yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's if they move the needle enough to where it's just this no-brainer for them to come. I, well, I do think adding Gonzaga. And basketball makes Arizona is makes it more likely that Arizona comes to the conference with all other sports. Really, maybe so. I yeah. mean, I mean, I would say if you add Arizona and Gonzaga, I mean, you basically are rebranding yourself as basketball conference. Is really yeah, what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And I've also my opinion has on this has changed a lot in the last like seven or eight months because of all the Pac-12 media shilling that goes on. I just want to like stick it to them. To the Pac-12, I want to murder. I agree, they're the conference. worst. So, they're like worst. I, now, that's kind of like I want the Big Twelve to do whatever is harmful to the Pac-12. Okay, and I, think that, I respect that. that. I think Gonzaga is is harmful to the Pac-12. But I, here, the thing to me is like everybody acts like you got to pick a side in the Arizona Arizona State thing. To me, the I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and I'm looking at it the wrong way. The value in adding one is adding both because then you just get the whole like state of Arizona, and like you get a pretty big like 
two two big, pretty big alumni bases that you had in your conference. It is weird that it seems like the two most likely ads are Utah and Arizona, and not Arizona Arizona State. I a foot, as a football fan, I like that better. I like adding Utah, but it is weird that those are the two most likely to me. Like, I just don't get the Arizona state thing. I don't know. I don't get why they're not like attached to Arizona. I, I, I would say Utah and BYU being together is probably a way bigger draw. And that game, when they play, that is a pretty big, one of the biggest conference draws, like, or a conference, sorry. Oh yeah. The biggest rivalry game draws yeah. so that like, that would probably be your, one of your biggest conference, like rivalry games every, yes. every year. It would be a great, yeah. I would love to have that in conference. <laughs> All right. But, okay. One. Overall. So you're good. So we want to add, because I, I mean, I don't really, conference I don't really care. is confusing to me. Yeah, I, I don't care. So all the tiebreakers go to yes. Like, okay, it's a cool basketball matchup. Nobody's going to – I mean, half our fans will be asleep. We play in there at 10 o'clock Central. Yeah. You know, on, yeah. on some big TV slot during the week. But uh, – which is probably, like, what the draw is. You know, yeah. like, we'll have this – like, late night. Near, yeah, you're the only you're the only game in town kind of thing yeah, at yeah. that point. Like Gonzaga, Kansas, 10 o'clock Central uh, on Fox, you know. On a, on a Monday or something. That, that would be like the thing that's going to be watched. I do have a, a question. So I know obviously the, the first and second tier rights are what's in this big media package that was just signed. But with the third tier rights, why doesn't the Big 12 just go to Amazon or one of them and just say, hey, we'll give you the third tier rights? Because to me, that's there's value in doing that because everyone's afraid of if you give up like your first and second tier rights to – Amazon or, or one of or Apple or whoever that no one's going to watch your games. But if it's your third tier rights and it's your games that were going to be relegated to ESPN Plus anyway, why not just give that to? Why not just throw it that way? And I don't know a lot about this. Aren't third tier rights typically like your local rights? Like, isn't that or am I crazy? I thought those were like I don't know. Like, but I think local, yeah, local people do like the broadcast, the home broadcast for right. is, is that, they, they that do, count as yes. third tier rights? It it is, but I also thought that your uh, no, no, you're right. It is. So you probably would play one or two football games a year on that, depending on who your non-con games were. But then all of your baseball and basketball games would be on, like a bunch of your basketball games and a bunch of your baseball games would be on whatever that third tier platform is, which right now it's ESPN plus, which I think is, is good. Yeah, but I, I think you could, but I'm of the opinion with the way that they're throwing the money around. If you could get Amazon or someone like them to buy into that, you probably can make a lot more money doing that. And the, it's the same concept as far as the platform goes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We just lost like six of our 13 listeners talking about tier My three guys. media. <laughs> Sorry. TV. No, that's all right. It was a question. Somebody, one of our 13, one of so we're the we are the podcast of the people for right. Red Raider, of the Red Raider Sports people. We are the only podcast dedicated to Red Raider Sports. All other podcasts can be found right. on YouTube or any other free you know outlet that you want. You don't really need to Red Raider Sports to, to consume that content. Right, you, you have uh, to find us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We bury ourselves within Red Raider Sports. Okay, <laughs> this next one from Chase Allen. It just says basketball. I do realize talking about college hoops this early might make Beatles physically ill. I mean, I had a long post this week. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like every year, just because of the nature of our roster, there's like so many unknowns about the tech basketball team. 
but like this one seems much more unknown than in the past because in the past you at least have something some body of work for a lot of your new players since they played elsewhere and you can like watch a ton of their their games and they're also like 23 years old i'm like okay i know this guy isn't gonna suck okay he's 24 you know like davion when i'm looking at davion warren or adonis arms i'm like he can't he can't be bad he's 20 he's gonna be four years older than everybody and he's made 1500 baskets in college already yeah but we, you know, we don't have that this year we got a lot of young guys and like that you know it's not a recipe for success typically unless you're kentucky you know and even then like those schools have problems sometimes when they're so young yeah. Um, so I really just they lose they lose bad games. Like Kentucky loses bad games every year with that. Yeah, like the, that nine, they're like an eight and nine seed in the tournament half the time. Yeah. yeah. It seems yeah. like. Um, but yeah. it's, it's funny that you say that because like as much as I kind of like to poke fun if like I basketball, like I like basketball. I just think I don't like the shift to basketball school, but I am more excited about this basketball season than I have been. Because I like watching young guys play. Like I don't know. Like I, I'm excited to see Elijah Fisher. See, I don't. Fisher, know. Yeah. I almost said Mitchell, but that's somebody else. Um, I, like uh, Robert I'm excited Kennedy. to see Pop Isaacs too. Pop Isaacs. Like I, I really like. I, I want to see these guys because I don't think they're one and dones, but I also think they're very talented, and so that growth is fun to watch to me. And so like. We yeah the, the basketball team might not be as good and that's gonna make a lot of people upset but I may enjoy watching those guys more than I have. Now Hunter, you, you may disagree, but as a collective, this is the most talented collective of guys who are freshmen that as a full group that you've probably had in maybe ever as far as raw talent goes. Well, you had a you had a Culver Zaire. You just didn't really know about it at the time. I guess I guess my opinion, like the expectation going into yeah, game. and 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 honestly though, that Ramsey Shannon class had some too. That had some things. but I think so. You're right, just because of the numbers. There's we've never had this many of them, and uh, you know we have before, but those teams were terrible. But uh, yeah, like in in the, our successful era, this is the most freshman we've had. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you're right. Just Odds are we're going to be like, wow, this is the most fresh, good freshman guy just because of the numbers of them. You know, Lamar Washington, Pop, and uh, and and Fisher. I mean, they're going to be counted on to play. And Tyson, too. I guess he's a richer freshman. Yeah, Tyson. I'm really excited to see him. Yeah, I forgot about Lamar Washington. He seems like an absolute I, I think Isaacs, to me, Isaacs has a chance to be like a guy that our fan base is just like in love with for a yeah. couple of reasons. Like people, his playing style. I mean, I'm. it's not Trey Young, but – he is a really small guy who can shoot and is like a point guard. And yeah. just like people are kind of drawn to that like Definitely. type of player. Fireworks. To watch. Yeah. And um, like if he's a hit, I, we're going to like fall in love with him because it's just going to look cool. You know, he's <laughs> like watching cool. him play. He's got a good name. Yeah, it's true. That's and he's got a good look too. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's had, it's my understanding, he had a hip injury. He's played with a bad hip throughout his prep career and yeah. it was something that like not a lot of people knew about and it was a misdiagnosed injury and like when tech was recruiting him they knew about it and like got the mri and we're like okay this is actually an issue that needs correcting like surgically and uh you know it, i think from his side of it they're like oh crap like are we gonna like do you still want me you know like because sometimes right. like that's a problem 
in, in a recruitment. And, we, and tech was like, no, we, yeah, we want you. We're going to fix it. You know, it's not a big deal. So we, we fixed it. And now that he's back, I mean, I'm sure he's not like 100%, but he is like physically, he's going to be physically like in a, in a better place than he's been like maybe in the last couple of years. Right. So yeah, that's a good thing. Here's and he's also just got a, a room. Like we have Harmon, but behind Harmon, there's not a whole lot. I mean, he's got an opportunity too. Yeah, for sure. That dude's going to play like 35 to 37 minutes a game. <laughs> I am like worried you. about our boy Bacho, 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 because if he, if he's not as good as the fan base has made him out to be, they're going to turn on him in a hurry. And it's not going to be his fault. He He's not the one making the Twitter accounts saying he was the best player in the scrimmage. Like, he he made what seven baskets in 2022. Five. He made he made five baskets in conference play last year. <laughs> and KJ people, Allen made seven. And people expect him to be the best player on this team. Like that is a recipe for yeah, disaster. That's that's not gonna be the case. But you know who though I think the most the guy on this roster, at least that has the most like love hate potential, where some nights people are gonna be like, this guy's the best and some nights they're going to be like why is this bum on our roster it's probably going to be Kerwin Walton based on kind of his career where he's probably going to have some night where he just goes flamethrower and hits like five threes and he's unstoppable and there's gonna be some night where he goes oh for seven for three and it's gonna be both both things are gonna happen that's possible he may he also just may not play that much that's that's also true my my my, to me it's an easy answer for like who the quote-unquote scapegoat will be and it's Harmon because, like, when things are going poorly, if, if we, like, lose a game, it, like, might be because he doesn't play well. And so he's going to be the one that, like, gets the, the brunt of it. And I think he's not – he had his, his shooting has improved. Uh, but he's not just, like, an elite shooter. I mean, he's, he's, he's a uh, – like a bulldog-type point guard. He's like a – I think I've even said this before. It's like if Clarence Nadalny was really good at basketball. Like, a, <laughs> that, he's – he has some, like, Nadalny in him. Um, and I know Nadolny was, kind of, was kind of a fan favorite, but that's because he was yeah. a, a sub and a, like right. kind of a role guy. Like Harmon is going to be like front and center for this team. Like how the fan base kind of turned on uh, Mooney, Moody, but also uh, crap, the Italian. Uh, Moretti. Moretti. Because Even like, though he's your he best was a, shooter he ever. He's a great like super sub shooter, secondary ball handler. When he was asked to be the point guard, it was like, who is this bum? Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I think that it might be there might be some of that I could see that yeah the but other exci- thing too- yeah it's exciting we'll we'll play some other than the Maui tournament you know we'll have a lot of games that will have time to kind of grow you know we'll be a lot different team um, by big you know middle of Big Twelve play than we are here in the next week or so and and you know like going you know whenever they signed him you know with uh, sometimes Elijah Fisher it really felt like oh, this dude's like two years away from actually contributing just by from what it kind of sounded like everything Mark Adams, but yeah, but everything Mark Adams is saying as yeah, far as like how good he oh, is on defense, but, like this dude's going to play. Yeah. The one thing about him, like when you, when you take a 17 year old guy and you're putting him in the D1 basketball, especially like Mark Adams system. I mean, the, the one thing to worry about is like, is he going to like physically, is he okay? Like mentally, is he going to be like ready for this? And like the one report that everyone says about him is that he's like scrappy and physical and like plays his ass off. It's like the it's like the, the biggest question you could have about him is like what everyone is saying he's already answered already. I mean, right. he's like one of the scrappiest guys on the team, apparently. 
And that's like for a 17 year old, because like he's got the body, you know, physically yeah. to be able to like to do it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's exciting. So he's a, he's good. Yeah. Like he is not a, uh, a point guard or a shooter. And like, that's what he's had to do his whole like prep career. And so now you think he's more of a wing in yeah, like a yeah. long run. He's a wing. Now he's like, he's good at those things, like for his position, but like, but he was being played out of position. So now we're going to have him in like a, Hey, just go like scrum it up, get rebounds. You know, if the ball, if you have the ball, you know, you, you feel free to do something with it, but we're not like counting on you to dribble the ball up and like make a play or anything. So, uh, uh, I, yeah, he's. I think he's going to be in a good role on this team. He's. He's. I'm not saying he's this player because I don't think he's. He's not this athletically like got the hops like this. But what he kind of it sounds like he might have kind of that Zach Smith role. The Zach has a freshman where he was like one of your best defenders, but you know, you never really asked him to do much on offense other than just throw it up to him. Yeah, possibly. But he's way better than Zach. Like, just as a prospect, player, dribbling. Right, obviously. Yeah. Shooting, all of that. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I would. I think he's kind of like TJ Shannon, you know? That's that who I was thinking. Body. Like a, like a wing a wing that could handle the ball, get you Physical. a bucket if you, need, yeah. if you needed one. Yeah, and you the guy you go, oh, shit, when he shoots. Yeah, yes. In far left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this another question from Tech Law 06. I think this is the last one. What's our baseball team going to look like this year? I know y'all don't know anything. I, I mean, hey, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to start shilling for this guy, Gavin Cash. Okay. 409 guy. He's from the 409. Okay. Uh, went to UT. Yeah, he had one of the best at bats I saw the entire season against uh, Brandon Birdsell. So UT, they were struggling. We beat him and they, they put him in at DH. And he, he had like a 16 pitch at bat against Bird. So he was like turning on 100 miles an hour fastballs, like ropes down the line. I think he ultimately struck out, but Bird was pretty good. But like, I, it was, it struck me like so, so big at the time. I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like Googling him. I'm like, oh, he's this really highly touted freshman. And then it, so then he transfers. He's the MVP of this California Summer League. And like now we're going to probably have him hitting like three or four hole. That guy's going to be really good. I'm, uh, he's gonna be like one of the best players. I, and, you can't then, trust you with a 409 guy, though. And then uh, what? What? Like if he's from the 409, you can't be trusted to give an honest uh, evaluation. I, I I was looking at him before I knew that. So, <laughs> okay. and then Owen Washburn is like the next big, the next thing MLB yeah. type guy to come out of here too. I mean that guy's that guy's a stud. Um, and then Just, uh, Hudson, and, and, Hudson White's not. Far. What's the pitching pitching situation? And I know yeah, it sounds bad, I but I don't know that. much. I, I I don't know anything. Brennan Gurton is probably you know he's would have been a, one of our probably our number two guy last year. He'll be back. Uh, Trenton Parrish has elite stuff. He got knocked around last year and before he hurt his arm. I don't know when he'll be back. I think I saw that he was throwing though. Um, I mean, he's a guy. I think I just don't know how anybody hits him, even though he did get touched around a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know. That that part's always kind of a question mark. You know, we got so many guys that'll probably be cut and brought on before the season starts. Yeah. But yeah, we'll be good. I mean, it's Tadlock. We're right. just a machine, basically. Um, yes. basically. that's why I was going to insult the question, but Tadlock is like my favorite individual, and I just didn't want to do that to his squad. So um, it really comes out of this. It's like baseball update. We're good. <laughs> is yeah. Tim Tadlock still the coach? Yes. There's a, the, another transfer that Dallas Baptist name is Kevin Bazell. He's probably gonna he's gonna play some fashion. He's thought to be really good and would have played on last year's team if he was eligible. Because I don't know how you can transfer in today's game and not be eligible. Yeah, I don't either. That's weird. Well, we got less than a minute. 
closing thought. Yeah. What are, any thoughts? TCU game. I'll be there. Um, we'll I'll even run the draw. Me and him. We'll be in section. I think four hundred three. So hopefully there's some tech fans around us. All you, I want you is you your way into tickets. I want a picture to replicate the Texas win of run the draw. If I get that on Saturday, yes, him double guns up with the TCU sad fans in the background. That's all I'm hoping for. On it's potable. Yes. <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed with both like hands in front of my eyes. <laughs> yes, I, these games are bad. I, I don't have a bunch of expectations. I do think it'll be fun, but it'll be even more fun if Tech wins. Walked so. into the spot. From here is potable. These nerds, these nerds nerd out a lot. Go, Taylor. Go, Hunter.